Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Lodges Podcast. This is episode 17 with Andrew Chen, who is the co-founder of TAP Esports Center, located in Chinatown of Philadelphia. So TAP Esports Center is a premier gaming facility. Um, they just opened in August and have had immense success since they started, including being featured on NBC News. They have over 3,500 active users. Um, they have four high-performance gaming setups so they have an awesome facility out in Philadelphia Andrew comes on he talks all about it we talk about um, that as well as just esports in Philadelphia because it's really become a huge city for it um, so I really enjoyed this with him I hope that you guys enjoy listening to it um, so you have the Lodges podcast up next Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of the Lodges podcast. I am your host, Juan Rodriguez, the founder of Lodges Financial, a business management firm for video game streamers and esports athletes. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to our current listeners and everyone that always checks in. Thank you guys for always listening. And to our new listeners, I hope that you guys will enjoy this as well. Um, so before we get started, today and dive in and meet with our guest and hear from him. I do want to highlight two things really quickly. First off, um, the podcast, you know, thankfully to all our listeners and to everyone checking in, actually was climbing the charts on Friday morning and reached as high as 49 on Apple Podcasts in the video game category. Um, so just thank you to everybody listening and everyone checking out the podcast. Um, I, we couldn't do it without the listeners. Um, so I really appreciate that. Um, and then I also want to highlight, we have a new five-star rating on Apple podcasts, um, from movement X, which is also known as Ryan. And he is a follower of mine on Instagram. Uh, so his review says provides great insight on the rise of esports and streaming. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Um, so Ryan, thank you for leaving the five-star rating. Really appreciate you being interactive with the podcast and leaving a review for, Anyone else that wants to, you know, be shouted out, just go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating with a comment so we have some interaction with the listeners. Um, so with that being said, uh, we will dive into episode 17. Um, so this is with Andrew up in Philadelphia with TAP Esports Center. Um, so we got connected through Adam Nelson who was actually a prior guest on the podcast. And so, you know, Andrew reached out, we kind of chatted and, you know, I thought it'd be a great opportunity to bring him on. So Andrew, thank you so much for, for joining me. Hey Juan, thank you so much for having me and big congrats to uh, top 50 on uh, Apple podcasts. Big moves for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, so Andrew, typically how we start things out here on the podcast is just hearing from you, you know, learning who you are, what your background story is, um, where you grew up. So if, if you just want to let us know, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. So, um, so thank you, Juan, for having me on the show. Um, yeah. so I'm Andrew Chen. I'm the co-founder of Tap Esports Center. Um, so 
Where did I grow up? I grew up in Edison, New Jersey, in central New Jersey, uh, very close to uh, Rutgers University. You know, it's a very safe upper middle class town with nothing to do. Um, <laughs> I, I went to high school at uh, J.P. Stevens in Edison, New Jersey. And, you know, I ran cross country, played ultimate frisbee and, you know, pretty much rode my bike around like any normal kid would do. But once the sun went down, I would go back home on my Gateway 2000, log into AIM, and that's where the gaming started. Um, I would play hours and hours of StarCraft and Counter-Strike uh, on my 56K modem. So, you know, before I played, I would have to tell my mom, hey, you know, don't uh, make any phone calls or anything because if you make any phone calls, I'll be kicked out. You know, <laughs> that's crazy. It was, it was um, you know, it, it was at a point, you know, back in the day where, you know, if a game connected, that was a big hooray, you know, because, you know, we didn't have the cable Internet that we have right now. And, you know, um, homework and studying would be somewhere in between. Right. Um. No, that's it's funny, you know, for a lot of us growing up, you know, it's different now growing up. I feel like playing video games. Then when you're younger and then obviously in your case, you know, you had to be careful with who was on the Internet and who wasn't. Um, but I know with like my parents, my mom was really strict about when we could play. I don't know how your parents were, but she would crack down on us every now and then. She gave me one hour a day to play. Um, I would always surpass that, obviously. You know, I would play <laughs> into the night. And it's, it's funny that you bring that up because, you know, when so, you know, we're in an era where the Internet first came out, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm 33 right now and, you know, internet wasn't really, um, it was more of a commodity back in high school and, you know, uh, safety was a big, you know, concern among the parents. And I remember, you know, everybody was saying, Hey, you know, don't use your name in your email, you know, right. don't let people know who you are. Cause it's kind of dangerous, you know, and it's funny how things have changed because, you know, nowadays in a professional email, you would always have your first name and your last name, you know, so they know who you are. So it's, you know, it's funny <laughs> seeing that transformation. No, it definitely is. It definitely is. Um, so in high school was like was gaming like your big hobby? Did you play any sports? Did you do like music, theater, anything like that? Yeah, so uh, I ran cross country. Um, I that's ran right, track. That's right. You know. Okay. And um, you know, I I tried music. You know, I played the clarinet. I played the drums. I played the guitar. I played the piano. I played the flute. Um, but I did not excel in any of that stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, the one thing I did excel in was you know putting together a StarCraft game with all my friends. And, uh, you know, I would be the, you know, the leader and, um, you know, that worked out pretty well. So that's where my roots of gaming came from. Um, so that was the PC gaming portion. And then, you know, from, from a console gaming portion, you know, um, anytime, you know, we would have family gatherings, um, anybody that had N64, all the kids would go, we would play Mario Kart, GoldenEye for hours and hours at a time. Um, it was to the point where we didn't want to come home, um, because it got so competitive. <laughs> Golden Eye is such that's a great game on Nintendo 64. Um that's a classic. Um and then so what about post high school? Uh did you go to college anywhere? Did you go into the workforce? You know kind of what what was your story then? Yeah. So um I did my undergrad at uh well I started off at Drexel University um in okay. Philadelphia, you know, uh, right where uh, Tappy Sports Center is. And not going to lie, um the reason why I didn't finish at Drexel is because freshman year I played too many games. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, my grades weren't that good. Um, so so I transferred to uh, Binghamton University in upstate New York where I got my bachelor's. And uh, I finished off my uh, MBA in marketing at Rutgers University. Um, okay. And, you know, while I was in college, you know, like I was saying, you know, uh, when I went to Drexel, um, you know, it was, it was StarCraft and Counter-Strike um, all night long with my friends. 
And, you know, that's part of the reason why I didn't do well. But, you know, in a way right now, I feel like I'm very fortunate because if it weren't for my, you know, early exposure to gaming, you know, I wouldn't have an esports center right now. Right. Yeah. No, everything happens for a reason. And I mean, you guys are doing great right now. So I think I think you're gaming in college and all that might have paid off. So I don't think there's anything too much to stress. Um, and so you go to you go to college there to Drexel, you go to Rutgers. Um, and then what comes next? You know, did you you know, did you think out of college that you were going to go into gaming or, you know, as as a business career or was there something else that interested you or, or what, what was going on? Yeah. So so after college, you know, I kind of stopped gaming for a little bit. Um, I went into the corporate world. Um, so I worked in business development and sales at British Telecom, um, selling co-location space, you know, financial technology equipment, trading turrets, point-to-point -point connections and extranet services. Um, and then before that, you know, I worked, um, at a cybersecurity company doing, um, analytics and sales. So, you know, I just had, you know, it was just a suit and tie job and, you know, working my nine to five and, you know, gaming was just pretty much, you know, non-existent in my young professional life. Mm -hmm. And then, so, so what brought you back? Cause obviously you guys have the center now. Um, did something spark your interest or did you like think, wow, I haven't, you know, I haven't gamed seriously in a while or, or kind of what brought you back? Yeah. So, you know, um, I think it was one weekend where, you know, um, I got together with some of my college friends and, you know, um, we were just thinking about something to do. And, you know, we found, um, this internet cafe in uh, North Jersey. And we're like, you know what? We all grew up on video games. Let's just go there and let's just try to play some games. Um, you know, we call it bringing it back because, you know, we all grew up on those games. And, you know, we found, you know, locations in North Jersey and New York and, you know, we would frequent it all the time. And then we realized that, you know, we may be young adults in real life, but when we're gaming, you know, the trash talking comes, the joking comes, <laughs> you know, all, all the laughter comes and it kind of brought the childhood back in us and we kind of like that you know because you know me and my friends we don't really like going to bars and clubs and mm -hmm. like you know we did that in college and in our early 20s um we just kind of just want to be in an environment where we could still be together and you know do an activity together so for about you know um three to four years we would just get together every week um and just play games together and, you know, um, it was to the point where we were racking up tabs like $70, $80 for an entire day of playing. And yet we still want to play more. And, um, you know, we just realized that this is something that we truly, truly enjoy. Um, so that was the roots of what made, you know, Tap Esports Center. Um, you know, I would uh, I would go to my friend uh, Tony in uh, Philadelphia and, you know, um, we would still like gaming, but we realized that in Philadelphia, there was a lack of, you know, um, esports centers, land centers. So I would actually bring my computer to his apartment and, you know, I would get there at 2 p.m. And I would probably leave at like 8 a.m. the next day and just game and game and game, you know. And yeah. this was, you know, this was when I was in my late 20s. So, you know, I could only do it on the weekends. But, you know, it <laughs> brought back a, a joy that I didn't feel since I was a kid. Right. Um, yeah. and so were you during that time, you were still in New York? Like, did you stay in New York or had you moved to Philly? Yeah, I was, um, I was living, uh, in New York actually. And, okay. uh, you know, on the weekends, you know, I would spend my time in either Philadelphia or New Jersey, um, you know, just to kind of come home, see my parents, see my friends and then go back to New York, um, on the weekdays. 
Gotcha. Got, and but then now, obviously, you're settled in Philly, and that's where you are permanently right now. Yeah, I split my time between Philly and uh, Central Jersey right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um. So that gave us, you know, that gave us a little bit of the origin story, you know, and the founding story of Tappy Sports. Um. You know, talk about. I know Tony and Peter aren't weren't able to to join us here on the episode, but you know. Between the three of you, you know, was it just between, like you were saying, all the gaming and everything you guys were doing? Um, you had the idea to think, you know, maybe we should create a center um, and run into the business into this. Or how did you guys, you know, concrete formulate this idea to do this? Yeah. So when uh, me and Tony, we were going to those land centers, um, we were spending so much money there. And we were looking around and there were people there that were spending more time than us there. So we were like, wow, as a business – this is probably doing pretty good uh, because I, I recall, you know, um, Internet cafes, you know, um, in the early 2000s that uh, we would frequent. Um, you know, that was a different era of Internet cafes. That was when people, you know, couldn't actually afford the computers and the Internet was not good enough at home um, to play these games, which is why people went. Um, you know, our dilemma was whether, you know, something like this would actually work because, you know, nowadays everybody has a computer at home. You know, um, if you have the money, you can buy a gaming PC and play at home. We created Tappy Sports Center for the experience. You know, we were we were banking on the business idea that, you know, it was an actual experience that we were giving to the gamers. You know, the the competitive advantage is playing with your friends, sitting next to them, you know, trash talking them, laughing together, and just kind of like kind of like almost like going out for nerds. You know, like, you know, on a Friday night, Saturday night, you know, when people go out, you think of bars and clubs. Right. right. A lot of people don't really like bars and clubs, you know, um, and they still want to go out, but they really don't have a place to go. So we created Tappy Sports Center kind of as, you know, almost as an alternative to a to a, blo- a car, a bar and a, and a club, you know, which is why our hours are you know pretty late. You know, from Sunday to Thursday, we open at 12 p.m. and we close at 2 a.m. And then Fridays and Saturdays, we open at 12 p.m. and we close at 4 a.m. Wow. You know, yeah, I know. We we keep our hours very open, and uh, you know we're open seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, we never close. Um, but going back to uh, you know how we founded the story. So you know, this has kind of been an idea that we've had for about four or five years. Um, and you know, one one thing about me is that you know every time I go on vacation, I always try to find a land center. In the place I'm going to and just sit down and play a few hours of games. You know, I've done that in California and Las Vegas and I went to, um, you know, Seoul, um, you know, obviously the the capital of PC bongs, um, you know, Taiwan, Tokyo. And, you know, I just I just started realizing that, you know, there's so many different styles of PC centers. And, you know, every time I went to one of these centers, it was always, always packed. And I thought back, I was like, you know what? Philadelphia is the fifth largest metropolitan city in the United States. And there's a lack of, you know, esports centers. Why not give it a shot? You know? Um, so, so me and Tony, we were talking about this for a little bit and, uh, Tony and Peter, um, were actually childhood friends since they were one years old. Um, and you know, Peter is, very active in the Pokemon Go community. As a matter of fact, when I first met Peter, he was, um, you know, walking around Philly catching Pokemon. <laughs> you <laughs> That's know? really funny. Yeah. So, you know, so he's uh, he's a gamer himself. And then, you know, he linked us together. Um, and, you know, we all realized that, you know, in Philadelphia, 
there's so many gamers, but there's no facility where people can sit down and game together. So we started planning, um, I would say about, you know, the end, the middle of 2018. And we were just, we were just talking and, you know, and spitting ideas. And then, you know, we realized that, you know what, if there's a time to do it, it's now because esports is huge and it's only, only growing, you know, right now it's a $1.2 billion industry, you know, um, you right. know, with the Overwatch league, you know, with, uh, you know, Philadelphia fusion and all the stuff that's going on, you know, it's only getting bigger. <clears throat> so around the end of 2018 was when we started, um, you know, looking for real estate and, you know, we found a place right in Chinatown. Um, strategically, we chose Chinatown because, you know, <clears throat> there's a lot of international students that uh, that come over to the States for, for college. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of Chinese and Korean students. And, you know, in their hometown, um, they're used to having, you know, a land center a block from where they live. And, right. you know, they come here and, you know, all these gamers have nowhere to do, nothing to do. So <clears throat> we chose Chinatown for that specific uh, reason. And also, you know, it's it's in the middle of the city. It's very accessible you know, via public transportation and from New Jersey, um, too. It's right, you know, right after the bridge. Um, and we, we were thinking about names, you know, we were thinking about names as, as to what we're going to call this esports center. And we were just thinking, we're like, wow, you know, should we call it no lag gaming center? Should we call it, you know, (laughs) you know, um, you know, for the wind gaming center. And then we were just coming with all these cheesy ass names. And then I realized I'm like, you know what, at the end of the day, Tony, Andrew, Peter, what does that spell? Tap. Tony Andrew Peter. And then, you know, not many people know that, you know, um, that tap is actually Tony Andrew Peter. So then we're like, you know what? Let's just do one of those logos where most people think it's tap, a click of a mouse. But in reality, you know, it's uh, it's the founder's names. And, you know, um, we call it Tap Esports Center. And, you know, um, we've been open since August 1st, 2019. So, you know, that's just really just a brief introductory story about Tap Esports Center. Yeah, no, that's incredible. It's, you know, hearing you, obviously, Andrew and I have chatted a little bit off the mic, but, you know, hearing you go through that story now, first off, that's really strategic that you talk about how many international students you had and that they're used to that, where they're from. And, you know, a lot of them come to these cities and they don't have that. So that was really, I think, strategic on your guys' point, because I actually haven't heard that from other people that are kind of in this space right now. So I think that's interesting. Um, And the name, too. I remember when we spoke the first time, I thought you told me that, that it was, you know, for Tony and Andrew Peter. And I didn't realize that. I thought it was just tap. Mm-hmm. So it flows perfectly. So I think it's awesome how you guys have done that. Um, the facility obviously looks great. Um, you know, you guys can go on Instagram. We'll give his stuff at the end of the episode and you guys can check them out to see what it looks like. Um, so, no, it's really cool. And you guys, you know, you talk about the, the fact that you've only opened since August and you guys have had a lot of great success so far. Um so I guess the next thing I want to dive into is uh, tell us really just break down what the facility is like, um, you know, what your computer setups are, you know, kind of what was your guys' goals um, in doing each one of those? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, if you're if you're strolling in Chinatown, um, you're going to see a big blue, black and red sign that says Tap Esports Center. It's, you know, attached to the side of a building, you know. Your typical, you know, um, brick Philly building. You know, there's nothing too much on the outside. You walk down flight of stairs, open the door, and when you go in, you see a hallway, and it's, you know, it's black. When you step in and you look at the interior facility, 
most people say that it looks like a spaceship. You know, that's when all the lights start illuminating. Um, gamers are, you know, are gaming, you know, they're screaming and you're, you're entering into a different world when you enter Tap Esports Center. You know, people say, wow, I feel like I'm on a different planet. Like you don't even feel like you're in Philadelphia. And we, <laughs> we purposely did that because, you know, um, we wanted to almost kind of have that like that secret club kind of feel. You know, um, where from the outside, you know, it's really just a door. And then when you go inside, you know, a whole world opens up. And, you know, uh, we're in a basement um, and we strategically chose a basement because, you know, um, the whole stereotype of, you know, a gamer is someone that eats a lot of chips, a lot of snacks and lives in your mom's basement. So, you know, we went on that whole, you know, um, the whole stereotype, you know, where we have the chips, the snacks and, you know, we're in a basement. So, you know, when you're when you're there, you know, you just you just feel like a gamer. That's so creative. I'm sorry to interrupt. I didn't realize that. That's really creative. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and and we don't have any, you know, we don't have any windows or anything. So it's it's like it's pitch dark. So, you know, we we just want to make the facility a place where like the only thing that you should concentrate on when you're there is just a game. You know, you'll never be thirsty. Um, We have food. We have snacks. um, We have all the peripherals. And, you know, it's just an environment where, you know, gamers feel like they're at home. Um, Yes. So, you know, what, what specs do we run? Um, we have RTX 2070s on all of our computers. Um, all of our monitors are 144 hertz. We have uh, two gigs of dedicated internet. And uh, we use a software specifically for gaming centers called GGLeap, where all the games are loaded, and all you have to do is just uh, click and play. Um, one thing to note is that we also have house accounts at Tap Esports Center. Um, in case you're trying to try a new game, and you don't want to buy it, you're considering whether you want to buy it or not, um, you could try it out at our center. You know, there's a lot of people that jump from Overwatch to PUBG to Hearthstone, um, all on our house accounts. So, you know, you don't have to have the game to play at Tap Esports Center. Interesting. No, and that that almost beats, I know like Redbox does where you can rent a game, um, but I feel like the experience would be a lot better just trying a game out there. That's pretty cool. Um, and so how many you guys have, is it 40 PCs that you guys have set up? Yes, we have okay. 40 PCs. We have a private room that um, holds seven PCs. And we also have, if you include the gamer pod, we have 41 PCs total. Wow. Okay. And ta- let's talk. I actually want to dive into the gamer pod because I think this is cool and unique. Explain to us um, what the gamer pod is. Yeah. So gamer pod is a soundproof, fully equipped streaming station. You know, that that comes with a PC, mic, headset, webcam, and it's developed by our friends Sam Speaker and uh, Dalton Carroll. Um, they were actually Temple roommates that played soccer together. Um, pretty much the gamer pod is to give gamers a chance to stream for the first time if, you know, they're an amateur and they never streamed before or, you know, people that have streamed before and just pretty much just want to show off their gameplay. Um, it's very, very convenient and, you know, it sets aside the hassle of like buying expensive equipment and setting everything up. You know, pretty much you could just go to school, work one day, come to our center, hop right into the gamer pod, and you could pretty much, you know, stream for the world to see. Um, you know, it's been very innovative and, you know, people are using it all the time. Um, you know, gamers like to show off their gameplay. Um, in, in this in this day and age, you know, a lot of people want to be, you know, YouTube celebrities. They want to, you know, be featured on Twitch. They want to have a lot of followers. And, right. you know, the gamer pod is, you know, 
set in place to give you know amateurs a chance to showcase their you know talents to the world yeah how popular has that been i was kind of interested do you guys usually is someone usually in it um or does it kind of just vary yeah at any given time there's always someone streaming their their gameplay you know um all different demographics um you know all different personalities um, even a lot of introverts we see going to the gamer pod, people that normally don't speak so much, but when they get in front of the mic, you know, they're the most talkative people, you know, in this world, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it gives it, like I said, it gives people a chance to, you know, voice their opinions and, you know, show off their gameplay, you know, to everybody to see. And, you know, one thing I like to add is that, um, gamer pod and Tappy sports center would, um, always, you know, um, highlight the story um if someone goes in the gamer pod we would put their story on our instagram and uh we would feature them also on our respective twitch sites as well too so we help promote um these amateur streamers or people that stream already so do you guys like on twitch do you host their channel then if if they're streaming in there we do yep we okay. do a lot. we also we also put it we have two tvs at our center too um we also uh you know put uh, their stream on the tvs at our center so you know everybody on the computers can see them in the gamer pod that's cool. So it's almost like a little bit of a of a platform too to help them grow. You know, if they're just starting out or or if they've got some traction and they're trying to keep going. Yeah, no, it is. Um, the GamerPod has all the tools um to make that happen and also all the support for us and um you know GamerPod themselves um you know to help to help them grow too because you know we want people to excel in gaming and to be noticed um if they really are you know a great A player. Because, you know, that's that's a 21st century talent that is very, very crucial um, in this day and age. Right. Right. No. Yeah. Going back to what you just said a moment ago about, you know, how gamers, streamers, everyone wants to show off their talent. Everyone wants to have, you know, a voice. And it's so true because, you know, when I was growing up, obviously that I think the equivalent of that was traditional sports. And obviously traditional sports still has its place where, you know, people want to grow up to be pro athletes. But it's mm-hmm. so interesting now how there's so many younger kids and, you know, people ask them, oh, what do you want to be? And they'll be like, oh, a YouTuber or a streamer or, you know, a professional esports player. So I think you guys having something like that and, and giving them that platform, I think is really cool. Um, so I really like that touch. Um, something and, and I meant to add this at the beginning, but we can touch on it real quick just to just to hear about. So between you tony and peter you know kind of do you each play a different role for the facility um or do you guys are just all kind of hands-on together doing doing what you can to move it forward yeah so we we all you know kind of got together and we pretty much talked about what we excel at um so tony's you know he's an investor um between me and peter um peter is more analytical he's the numbers guy you know because he's a numbers guy, he does the accounting, the finance, and the IT. Um, you know, I'm more of the the salesy, you know, talkative kind of guy. So you know, <laughs> I, I I do I do you know podcasts like this, you know, yeah. sales, marketing, <laughs> um, operations, and uh, tournaments and PR. Um, so that's kind of how we you know we split our roles. You know, anything that comes down to people and presentation related comes to me, and anything that's more numbers related goes to Peter and you know we uh <clears throat> we take different turns you know um going to the facility and uh and managing it ourselves right right yeah no that's awesome I just I wanted to give them you know the proper shout out and all that since I know it is between the three of you guys um no that's cool to hear um so 
stepping back to the facility, um, you know, I know this is something we, we also talked about off, off the microphone, but what is your guys' main goal for the facility? You know, is it to host tournaments? Is it to be a premier land center? Um, you know, what were your guys' goals for it? Yeah. So for this specific esports center, um, our goal, and we, we tell this to all of our gamers, is that anytime you want to game, there's going to be a seat and a PC ready for you. Um, we want our center to be a place where if the gamer just wants to game, all they have to do is just come to our center, sit down, and be able to game. You know, which is why you know we're open 365 days a year, and mm-hmm. you know we're open very late. So you know, um, the everyday land goer is our bread and butter and who we cater to. Um, right. But we also host tournaments as well too. Um, you know, we usually host our tournament because our space is really not that big. Um, we have just enough for, you know, for 40 PCs. And, you know, a lot of times when we do have tournaments, you know, um, it'll take up the entire facility. So, you know, our everyday landgoers, you know, um, won't have a seat. And we, we don't want that because, you know, there's a lot of people that come to our center and it's already part of their schedule where, you know, they would come, play for two hours, go to class. You know, on Fridays at eight o'clock, they will meet their friends here. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of schedules already in place um, for the gamers. You know, we have right now about 10 um, meetups, you know, Nintendo Switch meetup, uh, Super Smash Brother meetup, a Dragon mm-hmm. Ball Z meetup. These are, you know, set in stone, um, you know, gamers that come at a certain time. So, you know, when we do do tournaments, it's usually during our non-busy times. Um, and we usually, you know, host uh Pretty much the mainstream tournaments, like, you know, Super Smash Brothers. You know, I know um, Adam Nelson from Philly Esports uh, was the one that introduced us. And, yeah. uh, you know, we had uh, we had very successful tournaments with them, too. We had, we coordinated a Fortnite tournament and uh, a Super Smash tournament as well, too. Yeah. No, that's um, awesome. Yeah. We, we also run um, – well, so we use uh, GG Leap for our interface. And uh, GG Leap um, – hosts um, a Manic Mondays uh, Fortnite tournament. Uh, there's 130K um, in the prize pool. And, you know, every Monday, um, you know, all day, um, there's a chance to uh, get a piece of that puzzle um, in the pool. Um, and, you know, those are things that GG Leap does for us that uh, that helps us out a lot. Yeah, and you guys are running that right now, right? Like that's ongoing at the moment? Yes, I'm actually looking, because um, from the back end, I can see what's going on. And there's about like 12 people there that's just for that event. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, So from an operational standpoint, it's really cool because like, you know, we have, uh, we have cameras in our facility and, uh, you know, we have the GG leap on the back end, So I could always see, you know, what's going on, what game is being played. Um, and you know, anytime, you know, something happens in the computer, whether they start, they start it, they log off, they, you know, switch over to something else, you know, we'll be able to see that from the back end. And we could also remote in from the back end too, in case the computer crashes or they need an update, you know, we could do that um, from home. That's really, man, uh, I'm kind of techie, so I think that's I think that's cool how you can do all that on the back end and, and see stuff like that. That's really cool. Um, so something I want to touch on, because I just heard you say it. So do you guys have then a lot of college students that come through and they just come in between classes and that sort of thing? Yeah, um, we have a lot of questions that, that okay. come through. Um, as a matter of fact, last Thursday, we had, uh, you know, Drexel Esports, Temple Esports, and UPenn Esports uh, do a scrimmage with us um, because, uh, you know, we're NBC um, has a series um, called FTW for the Win. Um, it's a miniseries, 10-episode uh, ten, ten miniseries, 
that uh, you know they're doing specifically for esports in Philadelphia, and uh, you know we're going to be on episode six, and you know Drexel, U Penn, and Temple all came for uh, for a scrimmage, mm-hmm. and um, you know we work very very close with um, all the esports teams in the university, so you know they come in all the time, and we give them really good rates too, because we know um, college people usually don't have too much money. <laughs> I know when I when I was in college, you know I was broke, so you know we we try to um, yeah. you know help the college students by giving them a break, because we we know we know how it is. No, def- yeah, I mean, I just graduated last December, and so I can feel on that. We we actually had a bar, so I went to school in Auburn, and so we had a bar there. It was just one of the five local bars, and they would host um, Fortnite tournaments on Monday night, and so it was, like, free to play, and then actually, like, they had different prizes, and so, like, if you were, like, the first elimination of the night, you would get, like, a free drink, or if you had, like, the highest kills, you would get a free drink, so... You know, lower rates for college students definitely helps out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, we try what we can do. Like, you know, we work with a lot of like um, outside tournament organizers, like uh-huh. uh, Bento Box Gaming, you know, Philly Esports. And yeah. anytime they want to host a tournament at our facility, um, we also give um, prizes to the prize pool too. Um, we, that's awesome. We donate hours, we donate T-shirts, you know, drinks and snacks, just um, because we want to we want to be in an environment where you know everybody's a winner and everybody can walk home with something. Right, right. That's awesome. Um, and I know you hover over really quickly, but I want to highlight this because I mean, this is awesome for you guys. You know, you had the opportunity to be featured on NBC, and you're gonna be in. Is that is that episode out or is it upcoming? You said. Yeah. So two weeks ago, we were actually on the NBC Morning News. Um, this was uh. So the story behind that is really funny because um. During the Overwatch Grand Finals that took place um, at the Wells Fargo Center, um, we had, uh, you know, we had the luxury of hosting the San Francisco Shock um, at our facility um, as a practice facility because they wanted to practice and make sure that the game was good. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, they actually came late because it was the first place that they went to when they came to Philly. Like right off the plane, they came directly to our center and their plane was kind of delayed. Um, so, you know, Randy Gyllenhaal, um, excellent guy, um, was, you know, doing a story on the San Francisco shock and, you know, I, I, I approached him and I was like, you know what, this is awesome. You know, I love how you're, you know, doing a story on the San Francisco shock and esports in Philadelphia, but by the way, can you do a story on us? <laughs> right. So, so, so right. I gave, I gave him, I gave him my card. Right. And he's like, you know what? Yeah. Let me uh, reach out to you in two weeks, you know? And, and he did. So, you know, he did a segment about um, the beginner's guide of esports in Philadelphia at our center. So we gave a quick little tutorial about who we are, what we do. Um, he tried to play some of the games. And so that was really cool. That was, you know, on, on, on NBC. And, you know, that led to, you know, exposure for us, you know, um, in Philadelphia where, you know, um, the For the Win miniseries wanted to do an episode on us and the rise of uh, collegiate esports. Um, and, you know, we did filming last Thursday um, and it was really, really cool. Um, it was, you know, probably the, one of the best experiences I've had, um, you know, talking about my center and being around everybody that enjoyed playing games. Right. No, I'm sure I'm sure that had to be a humbling experience. I'm sure that had to be exciting. Um, you know, I'm sure it was a good time. That's I, did, I mean, did you guys expect anything like that so quickly? I mean, obviously I'm sure you had your goals to where you'd want something like that to happen, but did you expect to happen so quickly? Not at all. So the, <laughs> the funny story about tap is that, you know, um, you know, we, we self-funded everything. So, you know, uh-huh. we're, we're all in our, you know, early thirties and we're like, you know what, we have a little bit of money saved up. 
Right. Let's just move back home. So by the way, we all moved back home, you know, um, yeah. and, and put all of our money towards an esports center. You know, let's just, let's just do it right now before, you know, it's too late. Um, we, we kind of did it on a strategic gamble. We had, you know, we had the playbook, we had, you know, the demographics, we had all the market research ready, but we didn't know if the demand or the customer would be there, you know, cause you know, like I said before, you know, we're, we're selling the experience of gaming with your friends and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of going out and socializing with, uh, with fellow gamers, you know, we're, we're not selling computers, you know, right. um, because our computers are excellent, but you know, we have gamers that come here every single day that have, you know, $20,000 rigs at home. Um, but why do they come to our center? Because they want to play with their friends. Um, they want to be able to be in an environment where everybody else is gaming. Um, you know, I, I always like to attribute it to, you know, to a bar, you know, you could buy alcohol and you could drink at home. Yeah. Uh, that's like gaming at home. But why do people go to bars? Why are bars so successful? You know, they're marking it up, you know, 300% and people still go. Um, it's, it's the experience of going out, being able to, you know, socialize and drink with your friends, you know, the atmosphere. So, so that's what we created. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, in the United States, there's not too many centers like us. So, you know, essentially this is not a proven method. Um, we did it not knowing how it would go because, you know, we're essentially the first movers and we're introducing a new concept. And, um, you know, we had, we spent a lot of time on plan B too. If, uh, if it was going to fail, um, you know, (laughs) you know, if, if, if it failed, we were just going to flip it into like more of a, a tournament, uh, facility and, um, you know, host birthday parties and stuff like that. Um, but thank God we didn't have to open a page in that book. Um, no, but we were not expecting the exposure and the number of customers we've been getting since we opened up. Um, we thought it would be a slow process. Um, we thought that it would take a while before our name got out there. It would be a while before people realized what an esports facility is. Um, but Honestly, since week two, um, our chairs have been packed um, almost every single day. Um, and, you know, part of the reason is because, you know, esports is humongous in Philadelphia. And, you know, I have to say that, you know, out of all the cities, Philadelphia is, you know, the esports center right now. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I mean, well, a couple of things, because a, a, a lot of awesome things for you guys obviously going on, but... I mean, you guys have a story of entrepreneurship. I mean, you guys had obviously a great idea. You, like you said, you had all the data. You guys had the money to put it up. Um, but there's always that that doubt of, you know, what if it doesn't stick, or what if, you know, you guys don't fill enough seats. Um, and so it's cool to hear that. You know, it's cool to hear that you guys all went in as friends, and you know, obviously now you've obviously had a successful start. Um, so I'm sure that's a bit of, you know, weight off your shoulders and a, and a bit of excitement. Um, but no, that's really cool. That you guys had the opportunity to get featured on MDC. Um, I'm sure you guys will have other opportunities. Um, something else that came to mind is, so when San Francisco came through, was that something you guys had, had that even crossed your mind? The chance that, you know, maybe a pro team uses your land center for, for practicing before, you know, big events. Not even close. Okay. Um, the, the reason why they came through is because uh, one of our employees was actually friends with uh, Matt DeLisi, who is a Philly native that played for the San Francisco Shock. Okay. And he actually heard about us 
and you know told his manager about it and um you know that's how we um ended up getting them there we honestly we didn't expect the type of exposure until maybe like three or four years down the line you know right. we thought that we would really have to pump really hard you know um Sent, you know, we we have you know we have flyers that we give out, you know, promoting our business. We thought we had to you know dump a lot of money, be very very patient, you know, essentially you know almost grow um our clientele, um and be be extremely patient. But you know um it ended up having you know the opposite effect. Um right now for us it's about space management. It's about having too much demand and not enough chairs to be able to handle all the gamers that are in Philadelphia. Right. Um, you know, which, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this later, but you know, we're looking at a second location right now too. Um, so from, you That's know, awesome. from an exposure standpoint, um, you know, I think, you know, we're fortunate that, you know, we, we, we pretty much, you know, blew up really, really, really quick. Um, and you know, we're just trying to manage how to get every gamer, you know, a seat at our facility. Right. And hey, that, I mean, that's not a bad thing, you know, <laughs> to have to have more success than you thought you would have at the beginning is definitely a good thing. Um, so kudos to you guys for everything you've accomplished so far. Um, no, and, and I mean, that's a good point, because as you've mentioned, you guys are selling the experience. So I think, you know, having enough seats for people and not being over capacity, you know, I'm sure that can be challenging. But, you know, you want to give that experience. Um which actually that's a good, we can kind of segue right there. Cause obviously I want to ask you guys, you know, you've had the great successes so far. Um, things have gone well. What have been some challenges or some speed bumps that have come along the way on this path you guys have gone on? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so the challenges that we've had so far is nothing that we've expected. Um, one thing to note is that, you know, there's so many updates for games, you know, li- literally I could, you know, I could be playing Fortnite take a nap. And when I wake up, there's an update. Right. So keeping up with updates, you know, right now seems to be a big, uh, big challenge for us because, you know, we have right now, I would say we have over, you know, 50 games, um, on our, on our PCs and we can always download a game for, you know, um, the customers that come in and play something that's, you know, uh, that we don't have. Um, but yeah, keeping with all the updates, keeping up with all the games that are actually out there. Um, because, um, we thought that if we had, you know, the top 25 most played games, we'd be able to appease 95% of our customers. But that doesn't seem to be the case. You know, when someone comes in, um, there's games I've never even heard of that that's the only game that they play. Um, so we have to kind of like, you know, download it, you know, make sure we have enough space in our system and mm-hmm. uh, and get them the game. So, you know, that's, that's a little bit of an operational, um, you know, hassle for us. But it's not really a hassle because, you know, we want the gamers to play the game that they're good at um also i i've realized that gaming has been a lot different like we talked about before than you know when we grew up because you know when i was when i was growing up and playing nintendo 64 you know the one thing that solved all problems was taking the cartridge out blowing it and putting it back in right and then it would work right, right. um but nowadays there's so many you know um little technical things that you have to do to make the game work right and also gamers are a lot more specific than how they used to be um you know before you know as long as you had a gaming mouse and a gaming keyboard and a controller um it would suffice but nowadays we see gamers that can only play on their peripherals they can only play on their keyboard they can only play on their mouse you know they have like five buttons on their mouses um the keyboard has to be set up a certain way so You know, that that seems to be a challenge because, you know, coming up with uh, peripherals that appease to everybody um, is kind of tough. 
and you know we try we try our best to keep some you know um in storage uh you know for people that don't like our keyboards or mouse they you know they could uh they could use something else um but yeah the uh, this the way that gaming has changed has kind of you know made things a little bit of an obstacle for us but you know we're adapting to it right now and you know um we do whatever we can to make sure the gamer feels at home right no that's awesome how many I'm, I'm curious do you know off the top of your head then how many games you guys have downloaded to you know a given pc right now i would say we probably have about 30 games um okay on all the pcs and you know some some pcs you know like games like you know modern modern warfare we have on all the pcs but like you know mm -hmm. black ops 4 for example we have it on select pcs you know smite we have on some pcs um the games where it's not that popular uh, we only put on select pcs and when they come in we bring them to, to that pc right okay so you almost kind of then learn your your customer as to you know what's their game and you know kind of what's their schedule Yes, exactly. Um, we, we already know. Um, you know, at our center, um, League of Legends is the most played game, followed by Overwatch, Fortnite, and then PUBG. Um, okay. Between those four games, I would say 80% of our customers play those four games. And then, you know, um, there's other games that, uh, you know, people come in that we've never heard of. You know, um, there's Korean games, there's Chinese games, there's retro games um, that we would download for them on the spot when... Um, you know, when they come in and we don't have that game. Right. No, that's, I mean, that's awesome to you guys. Cause I'm sure on their end, you know, if, if they are a gamer that maybe isn't playing what 80% of everyone else is playing, you know, I'm sure that feels good for them to walk into a center, know that they know who, you, you know, that you, you guys know who they are, that you would have a specific, you know, the game set up. I mean, you know, that whole sort of, um, relationship. I think that's cool that you guys offer that. And I'm, I'm sure that makes them feel at home. Like, like you guys are describing. Yeah, it's really oh. cool. Like, uh, like a game like, uh, for example, Osu. Osu was a game that I never heard of. It's, uh, it's a clicking I've game. Never heard of, right? I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's like a Japanese clicking game, and a lot of people actually play Osu to actually help their hand-eye coordination. It's like a little ball that goes around. You have to try to catch the ball. It's a game okay. that you know I never heard of. You never heard of. But yeah. you know, there was a girl that called in and said, "Hey, you know, I only play Osu. Can you download it?" And we actually ended up downloading it um, on two of our computers. And you know, people said those computers are like, "Wow, Osu is really cool." And, you know, more they told their friends about it. And that game is like right now probably the seventh most played game at our center That's because of, you know, because of one person's request. And, you know, people we've seen people actually transform into other games, too. You know, they, they would come into our center playing League of Legends, but they would see everybody else playing Overwatch. You know, their friends would be playing Overwatch and they would start playing. And then now they play Overwatch. You know, we, we've seen so many of our gamers since day one, you know, transform into a different game because of the environment that they're in. Right. That we created for them. No, that and you know this is where I think gaming is so unique um, from an entertainment standpoint because you know it's like almost music and you know now TV shows on Netflix or Hulu or whatever you know a lot of people are introduced to new music or to new TV shows based off of what their friends are listening to and then next thing you know you know that friend that got introduced to it now it's his or hers favorite TV show. And so it's interesting to now hear that from the gaming perspective where, you know, someone have they have no idea what a game is, but because their friends playing it, they give it a shot. And then now all of a sudden, you know, it's one of their favorite games. Um, you know, it, it's, it's sometimes I feel like, you know, when people are trying to understand gaming and uh, gaming and everything that's going on, I think we overthink it. Um, 
cause that, I feel like that's just such a simple example right there of, of how, how it can work. Um, so that's really interesting to hear. Um, well, I want to talk about, obviously I know you said, said that you are opening another facility, but you know, what are the future goals for tap esports? Um, are you guys looking to franchise, you know, do you want to open other locations across the U S you know, I don't want to get too much, anything we can't dive into, obviously that's fine, but you know, if we can scratch the surface or, or whatever you can talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And you know, you, you bring up a good point before, you know, just, you know, seeing, seeing like, you know, gamers play a game and then their friends start playing that game. Um, it's, it, it's, it's really cool because you know, that one person that would come to by themselves because, you know, they saw our sign or they saw, you know, Instagram post, you know, he would come in as one person and then a week later he would bring 10 of his friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's a bittersweet feeling when, you know, it's a packed house and 11 people come in. You're like, damn, I really want to see all you people. But, you know, right now we just have so many, <laughs> so, so many, so many gamers right now. Right. And and also that's that's our best form of advertising too. you know, um, word of mouth. You know, we try to give the gamer the best experience. So they tell their fellow friends and fellow gamers um, about our center and, you know. That's how they come in. But, you know, back to, uh, you know, the question that you're asking me is, you know, because we only have 40 PCs and our demand is much higher, um, we are trying to look at a second location. Um, it's either going to be in University City, which is also in Philadelphia. Um, okay. That's closer to Drexel and UPenn. It's about 50 minutes away from where we are or in Edison, New Jersey, my hometown. Um, both uh, both areas um, have a lot of traffic, uh, a lot of international students and, uh, colleges that are very, very, um, invested into the esports scene. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, we're, we're looking at real estate right now. Um, this is a project that we want to, um, start and hopefully complete in, uh, in 2020. Um, so, you know, that's going to be location number two. So, you know, the goal for tap is pretty much just to be the premier land center, in America, you know, we want to start off in the tri-state area, then we want to tackle the Northeast, and then we want to tackle, you know, the United States. Um, we want, you know, right right now, you know, in the in the esports center space, there's there's no big brand for land centers. You know, every every land center that uh, opens up is, you know, a mom and pop run. There's no, you know, big company, and our goal is to be that big company, um, which is why, you know, we really care about the brand and our image. Um, and you know, when you come to right. the tap, you're gonna realize two things. You know, you're gonna realize our PCs are monster. Our customer service is always good, and our facilities are really clean. Um, we even let our staff game with our gamers and give them pointers. Nice, <laughs> right? <laughs> you, know, you know, it's it's really funny because you know when someone is looking for a job at our center, you know, we always tell them, you know, you could play as long as the place is clean and the customer service is good, you could play games. You know, how many jobs can you really go to? And your employer tells you that you could play games. Right, um, and you know. That has actually helped too. We want people just to feel very comfortable, um, you know, being at our center. So, you know, yeah. So we're looking at location number two right now, and our ultimate goal is to be able to franchise um, the name out. Um, we're we're actually working very closely with a lot of universities, um, consulting with how to build their esports facilities, and a lot of people are actually inquiring right now um, about the franchise. Um, so that would be our ultimate goal. That's awesome. No, I, I love it. I love the the ambition, the inspiration to do that, I think. And, and you guys are talking about a market right now that I agree where you have some esports centers in different cities, but it's really just one or it's mom and pop, like you're saying, where, you know, they've just started it. But there is no 
um, franchising really, you know, like if you think like of a Chick-fil-A or something where there's yeah. Chick-fil-A's in multiple states. So I think you guys have toned in on an interesting niche, um, which I personally believe, and I think others in esports will also, and, and in gaming would believe that will obviously only grow more and more um, as gaming and esports just continues to, to rise and continues to become more popular, um, especially for the younger generation. So I think that's a really awesome goal that you guys have. Yeah, you're 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 right about that. Yeah, it's funny that you you chose fast food too because you know I always like to use that analogy that like you know we want to be the Chick Fil A of chicken sandwiches, yeah. <laughs> you know, or like the burgers of McDonald's, you know, because you know there isn't um one right now, and you know it's it's funny how you just uh relate yeah, to fast yeah. food because that's what that's what I do too. Yeah, yeah, no, it's easy, you know, because I feel like sometimes I don't know, I feel like sometimes people overcomplicate understanding gaming and esports, and obviously there is a knowledge and understanding to it, but at the same time there are also things that it's really easy to explain sometimes if we don't try to like sound too up there, you know. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it it depends. It depends on who you're explaining to. So you right. know, one of the struggles we have in trying to get space is, you know, a lot of these, you know, land is, you know, is owned by, you know, um, you know, the older generation, and right. you know, when we tell them that, you know, we want to put in an esports facility, they're like, huh? And then right. we're like, oh, it's it's a place where gamers can come and play on their computers. And you know, some of the some of the backlash that we get is like, why would someone want to play? on your computers when they could play their computers at home. Um, you know, that's, that's, and then we have to, I created a whole introductory deck about what esports is because, you know, when we present it to people that are not familiar with esports, you know, the, the concept is kind of hard to understand, um, right. what it is. Yeah. No, I think your bar analogy is really good. You know, I think that's a great analogy to use. It's pretty simple to understand. Cause I think that is, when you start talking about people understanding esports and gaming, I think that is one of the harder questions is why would someone leave their home? But, you know, I think you guys selling the experience and, and all that, that's the perfect answer. Um, so that's, that's interesting. Um, and so let's talk about Philly too, because, you know, we had, like we've mentioned, we've had Adam on in the past. Um, we have you guys on now, you guys have the overwatch league team there. So you guys have the Philadelphia fusion, you know, there's the arena that's being built for them that I think is supposed to complete in 2021. So, you know, talk to us about what is kind of the gaming and esports vibe in the city of Philadelphia right now. It's humongous. Uh, Philly is number one in esports right now. Um, you know, uh, companies like uh, Comcast is uh, spending $50 million on the arena. Um, JP Morgan, um, you know, we talked to them, too. Um, they're opening up uh, an esports division um, dedicated to investing in, uh, in, in esports. And, you know, the arena is, is amazing. It's going to be smack in the middle of the sports complex next to the 76ers, the Flyers, and the Eagles. And, you know, for, for, for them to be in such prime real estate, you know, obviously these companies know that there's a demand for esports. And, you know, it's, it, it's changed when I was growing up because, you know, we see people of all demographics, all ages, all sexes, you know, mm -hmm. play games. Um, it's, it, it's becoming, you know, predominantly, you know, av available to everybody. Um, right. And, you know, people and people in Phil are just very, 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 you know, um, engaged in esports. There's so many meetups in Philadelphia. There's so many tournaments in Philadelphia. Um, and there's so many like um, you don't really you don't really hear or see about them. But like, you know, for example, like the Pokemon Go community, there's like over 300 people in that community. You know, um, Adam, he held very, very successful um, Super Smash Brother events that attracted, you know, hundreds of people. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, the the vibe and. The energy for esports in Philadelphia is astronomical right now. It's amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, I'll share with you. So I had 
um, this was probably like a month or two months ago. I actually was in Atlanta and I was having a conversation with someone there that's very involved in esports. And obviously, as many people know, Atlanta is huge right now, too, in gaming and esports. And he was saying a lot of good things about Philadelphia, you know, and he was saying the same thing that he's got some friends up there and that Philly is doing amazing things for esports and gaming. So, you know, I feel like it's an exciting city to be in right now. I'll have to see if maybe sometime I can go up there and check it out because it seems like you guys have a lot going on. Um, so that's great to hear. Um, well, is there anything else? I know we kind of covered a lot there with tap is there anything before we go away from it and and kind of start to wind things down a bit is there anything that i missed or anything else that you wanted to mention yeah definitely um so you know if you're if you're ever in philadelphia um definitely come check us out tap esports center um and if you're listening to this podcast you know i like to i like to give one free hour um if you mention lodges financial and you're listening to this podcast um to all the guests that come in and just you know experience it for yourself what our facility is like so, you know, just mention Lodges Financial and we'll give you one hour where you could play on our machines and, you know, pretty much indulge in a game of your choice. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate the shout out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That, definitely. Man. <laughs> I hope that uh, brings a lot of people to you guys, too. Um, well, that's awesome. Well, I really enjoyed, you know, when you and I spoke on the phone, it was it was brief, obviously, because we wanted to be fresh and, and to hear a lot. So it was cool for me even to hear more about what you guys are doing. And um, it's really exciting for you guys. Um, so as we start to wind down, we'll head into the Lodges Light 7, um, which are basically just seven fun and easy questions to unwind the podcast, to let them learn a little bit more about you, um, and who you are. So as I mentioned to you, you're my 11th guest. And so what I'm doing is I'm actually putting in a fresh new set of seven questions every 10 guests. So you're the first guest, um, to hit these deck of questions, awesome. um, but the, no pressure. They're super easy. Awesome. Um, okay. So the first the question hardest is, part of the, of the podcast. You know? <laughs> I say it's okay. super easy, but then, yeah, like I'm not the guest and have to think about this. So. Gotcha. Um, the first one is, what is your favorite place that you've traveled to thus far? I would say Iceland. Iceland. Okay. What was that like? I don't even know what Iceland would be like. Just imagine nothingness. And you know, beauty, nothingness. Um, uh-huh. with, you know, all their all their all their highways are one lane. They don't have you know multi lane highways. And you know, um, well, I went to the Blue Lagoon, literally smack middle of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. It's a volcanic um, hot springs uh, with blue water and face masks, and it was it was absolutely absolutely beautiful. Um, we went um, in the summertime, so it's a really cool fact. Um, in the summertime in Iceland. Um, it doesn't get dark. It's bright 24 hours. And then in the wintertime, it's dark 24 hours. Yeah. So that's the most uh, coolest place I've been to so far. That's super interesting. Okay. Really interesting. Um, What is or what was your favorite childhood TV show? Rugrats. Definitely Rugrats. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I remember that's a good show. Um, What profession other than your own would you like to try? Hmm. I think it would always be pretty cool being a pilot on a plane and just flying all over the world. Okay. Yeah. Well, that'd be a unique experience, you know? Yeah. We have a we have an esports facility. So, you know, I'm at my facility, you know, almost every single day. But, you know, I'm jealous of the people that get to travel to different <laughs> cities, you know. And, you know, if, if, I, if I was a pilot, you know, on my, on my layaways, I'd probably be going to land centers anyways. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. 
Oh, okay, awesome. What is your favorite cereal? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I've been eating that since I was five, and it is, that's, I get boxes and boxes full of it. Solid. Yeah, no, it's a solid choice. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve? Hmm. Good question. In this, in this day and age, I would say, you know, um, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to me, when you're talking to someone one-on-one and they're on their phone the entire time, it gets yeah. kind of with me. You know, um, I always respect the people that put down their phone, even when their phone is going off, they're getting a lot of texts, and they still continue the conversation. I guess, you know, nowadays, that's my judgment of character. If they could, you know, focus on the conversation and, you know, looking in the eye without going on their phones, um, I would say, you know, they're, uh, they're A-plus in my book. Um, or, you know, I could be just boring. And, uh, you know, they don't want to talk to me. But, yeah, that would be my biggest pet peeve. Well, I'm 100% with you. I, that that drives me crazy when I'm trying to talk to somebody and they're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is so two two more questions? What is the or who is the most influential person in your life? Definitely my mother. Um, she works so hard um, mm-hmm. at what she does. It's actually really funny because um, she is now well, she's retired now, but she uh, she actually teaches. Um, she teaches Chinese. And, uh, you know, what I'm doing right now kind of conflicts with what she's doing. Um, she likes the fact that I'm an entrepreneur, I'm doing a business, but she's also afraid that a lot of her students would not be studying and uh, spending their time at, uh... which, which is different because if they, if, for example, if they get really good at Fortnite, they could win $3 million and bring the same thing. Uh, but definitely my mother because of her work ethics and uh, the person that she is. That's awesome. That's really cool to hear. Um, and then last question, I think this would be an easy way to end it, is what is your favorite video game of all time? Wow. Hmm. I would say, okay, so I'm going to answer my favorite video game question right now, which is Overwatch. Um, okay. You know, I have over 3,000 hours uh, on Overwatch, and uh, Peter just got introduced to Overwatch, um, and he's been playing a decent amount. Um, he actually just uh, qualified for being playing competitive, and we've been We've been playing really? with We've been working. Yeah, but anyways, you That's can do awesome. that. Don't answer um, But all time, I would have to say Nintendo 64 Mario Kart. That's a game where no matter where I am, what I'm doing, I'll put down what I'm doing and challenge you to uh, to Mario Kart. So yeah, that's my favorite game of all time. <laughs> my, my wife would love to do that against you. She is, she's like, that I know personally, she's like the biggest Mario Kart fan. So... Uh, that, come that out over to Philly. I know, I know. No? Maybe when we come through Philly, uh, we'll have to meet up and see if you guys can go head to head in that. <laughs> that that would be good. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, there is the Lodge Light Seven with Andrew. Um, Andrew, well, thank you again, really, so much for for coming on and, and sharing everything that you guys got going on. Um, it was really cool to hear about. I want to give you the opportunity. Um, you know, where can everyone find you on social media? Where can they find Tap Esports? Where can they find you? Um, I want to give you that chance to shout it out. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, um, we're very active on Instagram. So, you know, if you uh, follow us on Instagram, um, we're Tap Esports Center. Um, our website is tapesportscenter.com. And our email is tapesportscenter at gmail.com. So everything is Tap Esports Center. Um, Facebook as well, too. Awesome. And, uh, I'd like to thank Juan uh, so much uh, for having me on the show, too. He does absolutely, absolutely amazing things. And, um, you know, he's a freaking great guy. <laughs> I appreciate that. appreciate that. Um, well, to all the listeners, I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. We were just talking with Andrew Chen, the co-founder of Tap Esports Center. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. 
and we'll catch you next time on the Lodges podcast. What's up, guys? Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this. You can find us on social media at Lodges underscore financial. Please go check out our social pages where you can find lots of other great content committed to gaming and esports. This is also the best place to be kept up to date with everything going on at Lodges. Thanks, and you're just listening to The Lodges Podcast.